0: What's up everybody and I am back with a very special guest. I don't remember the last time I did a podcast. I assume I had a special guest on the last one. Usually I only do the podcast now when I have special guests and you are very special and my 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 co-host I guess or my special guest uh, is known by many of you as the all-american Barbie, but that is not her real name. Please introduce yourself to the world.
1: Hey guys, I am Courtney Icorn, IFBB Bikini Pro.
0: And where did you get the name uh, All-American Barbie from?
1: So, funny story, I used to be known as Squaw Barbie, so still had the Barbie in there. I always loved Barbies and felt like I looked like one that used to be tall and super platinum blonde hair. And I actually went to WWE tryouts. Oh my
0: god, (laughs) I have to interject there a little bit because I know a little bit. About chicks from the WWE. I have to watch myself around you. Okay, sorry to cut you off.
1: So when I went, they loved me at tryouts, and they're like, this is the name we want to have you as. Like, All-American Barbie. You totally feel the part. You look like a Barbie. Like, You're all-American. It's perfect. So they gave me that name, and it stuck with me. Where was this? Was this in Orlando? This was in Orlando, yep. How long were you there for? I was there for three days straight of... Absolute torture. It was.
0: <laughs> what they do to you?
1: It was just constant workouts and um, a lot of just teaching us how to be a wrestler, which yeah. I had never done that in my entire life. I went back to the hotel room every single night with bruises all over my body. That like WWE is seriously no joke.
0: Yeah, no, it's real. I mean, we had uh, the coaches in here for those of you guys who have not seen any of the wrestling that we did on on Black Friday. I had my big match with Guy Cisternino, uh, Guy Balboa. I was the million-dollar brawn was my character, and we went really hard. And the coaches taught us, you know, as much as we could learn in one day. Um, But we were sore. We were sore for days. She did it for three days.
1: It's it's terrible, especially when you go through, like, um, all the workouts they put you through. We were working out, like, 12 hours a day.
0: And what brought this to be? Like, were you, like— A wrestling fan? Like, how did this all happen?
1: I was actually never a wrestling fan.
0: (laughs) So then how did it happen?
1: So the recruiter messaged me on Instagram and then proceeded to send me an email and asked me if I wanted to come, like, try it out. He's like, we love your look. You're super athletic. Obviously, you're competitive because I'm a competitor. And the rest was history after that. I went and tried out. Um, They gave me that name. But I decided not to go down that route. And decided to continue competing instead.
0: Did they want you to pursue it?
1: Yes, they did.
0: They love. I know they love tall girls. Plus, uh, Vince loves blondes, but you're not blonde anymore. Nope, I'm brunette. Um, but I'm sure they. I'm sure that they had a. They got a kick out of you. Um, I'm glad that you did not choose that life. It's a very nomadic lifestyle, and it, it is not as glamorous as people think. And I will say this: this is going to po- possibly offend some people. The pay is not that good especially for a woman it is it is far less than you would think far far less so fellas if you decide to marry one of these girls make sure you sign a prenup <laughs> um anyway uh, <laughs> so i'm gonna really quick i'm just gonna throw out just some quick stats but then we're gonna go actually into your history so you have competed how many times this year
1: um, this will be my fifth show this weekend. She's
0: getting ready for her fifth show. So we're going to get all into all that in, in a second. But you're young. How old are you?
1: I'm 24 years old.
0: So she's only 24. She's already uh, getting ready for her fifth pro show. So she's in her rookie season, but she's done a lot already. But since she's so young, I thought it would be a good idea for you guys to get to know Courtney a little bit better and see why I took such a strong liking to her. I think that, of course, when you look at pictures and whatnot – you know, you probably say to yourself, well, of course you took a strong liking to her. She's beautiful. <laughs> um, but uh, you really can't judge a book by its cover anymore these days, guys, because a lot of the times what you think uh, when you see somebody or or the way you may judge them at first, they wind up being dramatically different. And this is what happened to me with Courtney. Uh, I looked at her and uh, I thought to myself, oh, this girl is like – A comic book, dominatrix, seductress, porn hub goddess. And (laughs) then when uh, we started speaking, I was like, wow, she's only 24 years old. She's young. She's extremely motivated and driven uh, competitively as far as um, the IFBB goes. Um, I, I don't like using the word tomboy at all. Um, but has uh, some sort of like tomboy-ish type qualities, but um, just very different. Uh, I encourage you guys to not base things on what you see on Instagram. Instagram is often just smoke and mirrors. And if you are interested in somebody, uh, get a chance to do a little background and figure out what they're about. What I like to do is uh, FaceTime my new athletes, and I think you can get a lot. When you just actually talk to somebody face-to-face or on a FaceTime in in today's world versus texting and DMing and all this other bullshit. And when we FaceTimed, we hit it off right away. And uh, my gut told me that uh, she was going to be not only very good in the IFBB, but a good uh, hard worker and a good rep. And she actually went and just started doing all of the things that I hope that my Tier 3 athletes do without me even really saying anything, which made me very proud. And... That has now progressed to where we are with her down here, getting a bunch of content. She just competed. And so now that I've hyped her up as this you know, beautiful, which she is, seductress, we're going to go into the story of All American Barbie and stuff that I don't know. And um, we're going to learn, and you guys are going to learn, and hopefully there's no crying. Sometimes that happens on this show, um, and there's more laughs, but... I think that by the time we're done, everybody's going to see how awesome you are and, and uh, what a good rep you are for Blackstone Labs. So let's take it all the way back. And this is where I start shutting up and you have to start doing all the talking to um, let's go all the way back to your childhood, like where you were born. Um, we know you're only 24. So I know you're from Colorado. Like, give us a little uh, history.
1: Yeah. So I was born in Greeley, Colorado, a really small Cowtown. I love Greeley. You guys, I'm not dissing you guys at all. Greeley is actually an amazing town, no matter how much crap we get for it. Um, so I was born there. I lived in Oklahoma for a lot of my childhood, where my dad's side of the family lives. And then we came back after my mom and dad got divorced. And I've lived in Colorado ever since then.
0: How old were you when your mom and dad got divorced?
1: Um, I was about six or seven. Oh, so you're very young. yeah I was yeah. very very young I was young when my parents got divorced were you close to your dad I was not very close to him like it was very hit or miss because he had some addictions and was not really like in our lives he was very like in and out he chose other things over my brother and I so I didn't really get to see him that much it was probably like I saw him probably once a year at wow. most yeah
0: I mean, I I can definitely relate to that. Um, many of our listeners can too. So he left. Uh, you said you
1: were about six or seven. Mm-hmm. And did your mom remarry after that? Um, no, my mom actually raised us as a single woman for most of my life until she got remarried about six years ago. And she um, didn't have a job. She didn't have. We didn't have a house when so we moved into Colorado. We grew up very very poor. When we first lived in Colorado, struggling to get by, and then um, my mom actually had someone mentor her into real estate, which is what she does now, and now she's one of the top realtors in all of the United States. Damn. (laughs) In all of the United States? Yes. Not just Colorado? Top 500.
0: Wow, that's freaking amazing. Yeah. And so you guys, when your dad left, you were in Greeley, Colorado, or you were in Oklahoma? We
1: were in Oklahoma.
0: Uh, and when did you leave Oklahoma?
1: We left Oklahoma. I want to see my mom took us when I was about seven. So after it was like, it happened super fast. It was like one night when a bunch of stuff went super wrong with my dad and her and she packed up our stuff and we left.
0: Do you want to elaborate more on that or you want to just keep going on with the story?
1: Um... I can elaborate a little bit.
0: Super wrong could mean a lot of things.
1: Yeah. He was uh, very abusive. Let's put it that way. So uh, very abusive to my mom. Um, He never touched me, or my brother, but my mom went through a lot and to stay with him because she loved us and wanted us to have a father in our life. Mm -hmm. And then after that night on, it was actually my seventh birthday after some things happened with him and her, she got our stuff together and that was it. It was done.
0: Now, when you were leaving, you were very young, but I think you were old enough to understand what was going on.
1: Were you sad? I was terrified. You were terrified. I was very, very terrified. How Um, old is your brother? My brother is two years younger than me, so he's 22. All
0: right, so you're the oldest? Yes. And did you feel like you had to look after your brother at all? Did you have that kind of relationship?
1: Um. Yes because I mean it was just him and I my mom was doing everything she could to make sure that we had food like we were struggling so hard when we came to Colorado that we I mean we were very fortunate to have family there but I mean it was just me my mom and my brother
0: What was she doing for work back then
1: Um as far as I can remember she was working like three jobs just to keep up with food and whatever else we needed and then she met the mentor who she worked for for free for him to pay for our house for us to live in so we weren't on the street and what made him want to mentor her i think he saw what i see and very many other people see is that my mom is like the sun she literally shines wherever she goes and she is just the most amazing and nicest woman you will ever meet
0: that is so sweet (laughs) Um I love that. So he he um just genuinely wanted to help your mom. Yes. Um but did she at the time did she know like this is something I can be good at or was she like I just got to do whatever it takes for my kids?
1: She would do whatever it took to take care of her kids.
0: So she wasn't like oh I'm going to be a realtor.
1: No, she had no idea. She worked for if you guys remember AOL.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs>
1: and yeah it's like I still have a really old email with AOL. Like is it still around? Like AOL sure. instant messenger
0: and all that? Yeah. <laughs> what did she do for them?
1: So she actually um worked for AOL in Oklahoma and was taking care of not only my brother and myself, but also taking care of my dad when they were together because he kept losing jobs from failing drug tests and all of that. So so your biological
0: father left, but would come back around and your mom would help him out.
1: Yeah. Every, oh, yeah. It was not a good situation.
0: Yeah. that's sad. You hear, you hear things like that a lot. Now, when he would come back around, was he a, a parent, like a father to you guys?
1: When he wasn't on drugs. Yes. Did he
0: have a, <laughs> did he have a drug of choice?
1: Um, yeah, he was very into like hardcore stuff like heroin and meth. That's so sad. unfortunately, it ruins lives. Do not do drugs. It will completely shatter your relationships with people and everything else. It totally ruins your life.
0: Yeah, we've seen a lot of that. I've been a part of a lot of that. And uh, sadly, um, sometimes people, they, they can't get out of that cycle, you know? Yeah. Um, we've been fortunate here. We have had some guys here that. I've had to go into programs and I've come back better than ever. And I'm not going to get into too much detail about who some of those guys are. But um, we've also had people that have just unfortunately just gotten themselves back into shit over and over and over again. Um, certain, certain drugs and you know, certain habits, people unfortunately just, if you don't have the mental ability and then the support system around you, you just see it happening over and over again, which is super sad. Uh, especially when you have kids, like, you know, in, in your your dad's situation. So, um, fortunately, you had such a strong mom.
1: Amazing. Yeah.
0: So, you're in Colorado. Let's move forward a little bit to, let's say, high school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you working out yet? Are you playing sports? Like, what are you doing?
1: Um. So, I, like, it's, when we were in Colorado, I was definitely very competitive with sports I actually played four sports year-round really and my mom got to like my mom literally sacrificed a lot to get us to be able to play sports because sports cost money like mm-hmm. everything costs money to be able to do them so before she became as successful as she is there was a lot of struggling with that but I my brother and I wanted to play sports so bad she would um do a lot more just to like, be able to get us to play sports so when i was in high school that i was like the one thing i wanted to do was play basketball i was a huge basketball player we were you already
0: tall like you are now yes i were was you, you you started out just tall and just kept getting tall i
1: was five nine when i was in like seventh grade <laughs> oh my god
0: so you were like a tower
1: oh i towered over the boys they were so afraid of me <laughs>
0: were they mean to you
1: I got bullied a lot. Really? And yeah, especially in middle school, it was horrible. Were you very skinny? Also,
0: I was very skinny. So you were just super tall and skinny.
1: Yes, very lengthy.
0: And did you have like a booty or boobs or anything? No, God, no. So you're just a, it's a big tower.
1: <laughs> they called me the Jolly Green Giant, which oh. is so <laughs> mean. <laughs> They're like, why are you like always just like smiling so happy all the time? Well, you're just some jolly green giant. I was like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) sorry for being a nice person.
0: (laughs) Wow. So the jolly green giant, you're super tall. You're playing sports. And uh, of course, it makes sense that you would play basketball being that tall. What Mm -hmm. other sports did you play?
1: Um, Track and field. I was a hurdler. Um, I loved I just loved anything competitive I could get into. I played volleyball. I ran cross country. I used to love running. Um, and then there was actually one year that I tried to do tennis was not for me.
0: (laughs) Now, when you, um, when you were playing all these sports, were you playing like varsity level sports? Yes. Since I was a freshman, I was varsity. Was there one that you stood out as like being better than the other sports at?
1: Um, basketball. So I actually ended up getting recruited onto the USA team. So junior USA's, wow. which is a huge accomplishment for my age. Um, I actually got to go to where the Olympians trained. So I was an Olympia like they were training us to be Olympians in basketball. Holy
0: shit. See, <laughs> I didn't even know this. This is what we do these podcasts for. See, I told you we're going to learn some fun stuff. <laughs> this is the part where I tell you that I'm gay. Um, oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, sorry for all the gay guys that I just let down, but you, you never know. I might be coming out soon. Yeah. Um, I I uh, I knew that you had to be athletic because when you watch somebody uh, train and they adapt to certain exercises a certain way, I've noticed that over the years, and I think that other uh, trainers or people that understand biomechanics will say this: people with athletic backgrounds tend to want to be explosive. When they do things But not in a bad way I don't mean like ballistic Like dangerous explosive uh, The muscles are just There's a lot of explosiveness In sports Yeah fast you know I mean? twitch memory For sure So I noticed On some of the things That you were doing That you had That you wanted to like Explode through them mm-hmm. um, And I said to myself Also based on your musculature I'm like I bet you This girl's a good athlete I almost a- actually Asked you that yesterday But I, I didn't want to <laughs> Interfere with what you're doing Like what sports Did you play Yeah Um Versus, I've had uh, other people that are still great competitors that you could tell never played any sports, and they just don't pick up things at the same rate, or they don't execute things the same way. That doesn't mean they can't look great, um, but you, you you actually do have uh, a very athletic look to mm-hmm. your structure. You just happen to be, you know, very balanced, and you're lucky in that sense. But I can see like the explosiveness that you have, so that's cool. I. I'm glad now that my theory was was accurate. You're a basketball star, actually. <laughs> so when you went to go, or when you got invited to go to where mm-hmm. the Olympians trained, did you actually go? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It did you was, meet anybody like famous?
1: I did, I did meet several people. Um, some of them, I can't remember their names. A lot of swimmers. Mm-hmm. I did get to see the pool where a Michael Phelps swam, so that was really oh, cool. Oh, that's a big deal. <laughs> it was really cool.
0: And did you actually meet Mike uh, Michael Phelps? Or?
1: I didn't, but yeah.
0: he was busy ripping those bong hits I mean,
1: somewhere. I <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> honestly, like I was just—I think I was just in shock to even be there. Like I have the jersey still to this day. That's awesome. <laughs> training with them. Um. Um. Also, like when you go to that kind of level, you same with IFBB, you realize how many people that are. Good are out there that you're mm-hmm. not you you're not just like this big fish in this small pond anymore. Yeah, there are some very amazing athletes Absolutely. out there.
0: I tell people that all the time. Like you're the champion of your town, but there's there's a champion in every town. And yep. there's a lot of towns out there. So when you were out there, did you guys did you play in like tournaments? Yes, whatnot?
1: it was all tournaments with other. People that had been recruited, but it was mainly like there's. I think there's four teams in total of us them scouting. It was basically them scouting us for the Olympics. And how um how old were you at that time? I was 16 15 Damn,
0: and getting scouted for the Olympics—that's
1: amazing. Yeah, it's it crazy. A
0: awesome accomplishment. <laughs> All right, so we, so now we know you have a, a great athletic background. That's cool. That makes me happy. And so you're sixteen. You. Your mom was busting her butt. Was she a realtor at this point? Yes. Okay. And
1: she was becoming very successful at So that that's point. exciting. Yes.
0: So you went from like barely making men's meet to possibly even playing in the Olympics. And
1: you got a mom that's doing awesome. Rockstar. So life is good. <laughs> yes. Life was very good. Um, high school was actually really difficult for me, even with those things happening. I was never really into academics. Like I couldn't focus. I can never focus. It was like trying to tell a dog to not look at a squirrel or chase a squirrel did, if it's right in front of them. Did
0: you get tested for ADD, ADHD? I
1: never got tested, but we it does run in our family. My mm. brother does have it as well, and I can kind of tell like it's very hard for me to focus.
0: And does he have to take medicine for it? Yes, he does. But you did not. No. So it probably would have hel- would have helped you a lot.
1: Um yes and no. I would just like to, you know, just be myself. And not have to have anything that alters who I am.
0: I say that also, but I can tell you this, and I think that other people that are listening, this is very important information. So I myself have this mindset of, and it makes no sense because I will take every steroid that that's out there to be better at bodybuilding. Um, and when I was bodybuilding, I did do all that stuff. I uh, was always against taking uh, medicine for my brain. And it bothered me. I just thought to myself, well, I can learn to be better i can i can alter myself where i don't have to rely on a pill and i was first diagnosed with uh d- generalized anxiety disorder and then i was diagnosed with um depression and uh manic depression and i j- i was like i'm not depressed what am i depressed about i'm fine you know and unfortunately i i struggled for a very large part of my life because I just wouldn't take medicine. And I still actually don't take uh, the SSRI uh, that I was prescribed. And when I first got out of the hospital, uh, I did take my medicine for a little while. And I just, perhaps I just didn't give it a a true chance Mm because I have talked to some people that I really care about and I really like a lot that have taken these medicines, and I I would never know. They seem completely awesome and normal. And, in fact, one of them is somebody that you know very well, too. We're not going to say their name. And when this person told me that, I was like, damn, really? Uh, I was like, because that's what I was prescribed, but I just didn't want to rely on it. And that person said, actually, that medicine, that probably put me in the, the best mindset I've ever been in. And so I still do not take that medicine because I just felt like I wasn't me on the medicine. And and I, I think that's, um, foolish of me. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I don't just give it the chance, but I actually have to take my anxiety medicine. So if I don't take my anxiety medicine, I can get so out of hand that I won't even be able to have a normal conversation. Like I, I will start stuttering and I will start panicking and getting weird and then I start thinking negative things and uh, people are listening to this like "Ah, it's all in your head but if you have a chemical imbalance yeah unfortunately you can't mentally say to yourself well I'm just gonna make myself not have anxiety anymore and not have this happen and it's actually a horrible way to live and uh, I don't want to turn it all like sad and we'll get back to your story but there's been many times Where my dad or my mom, excuse me, have been like, why don't you just take your medicine? Uh, Because they see that I'm struggling. And most of the time, if I just take my medicine, I'm actually completely normal. And people will, will, I'll hear people say like, oh, if I take that medicine, I go to sleep. Or if I take that, I'll I'll pass out. And they're like, what happens to you? And I'm like, it just makes me like normal the way that you guys are. You can actually tell when I'm not on my medicine. Uh, Coincidentally, um, I've noticed like uh, over the years in some of the videos, people would say things like, how much coke is this guy on? Or like, how crazy is he? That's actually usually when I'm not on my medicine because uh, I have to take uh, lorazepam. It's just if, if I don't take it, I get really, really like jittery and crazy and intense. And that's just like, that's me. But it's too much and it doesn't shut off. So when I actually take my medicine, it actually makes me able to focus and concentrate and be completely normal. And so I encourage people if they do need to have certain medicines, or if they think perhaps that they should be tested for these certain medicines, they should go and do it. This is the complete opposite of people that are like, oh, you know, I need a Zanny so I can drink and and mellow out, complete opposite. Yeah. Um, Or people that are like, oh, do you have any Adderalls? Do you have any Adderalls? A like, lot
1: of people abuse that. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, it's completely different. I actually uh, have had a script for Adderall for a long time, and I don't take that much Adderall. Like, when people ask me how much that I take, my, my prescription is, uh, excuse me, 10 milligrams twice a day. And I usually actually only take the 10 milligrams in the morning because as the day goes on, when it wears off, it's actually at a good timing in my day where I actually need that little bit of um, lack of focus and downtime because if I take my second dose, I will just consistently be like locked in in emails and, and focused for a long time. So it's actually okay for me to get a little bit sc- scatterbrained later on in the day mm-hmm. uh, because I can... Disconnect a little bit easier that way, yeah, um but I know people that will take like a thirty milligram Adderall all just to like go out and hang out with their friends, which is yeah. like insane
1: that 's not what it's used for it's supposed I, to be used for <laughs> i know
0: um I know small chicks that are like, Oh like I take like three thirties a day or at least two thirties a day that 's insane to me, oh my god that 's insane to me, but that's that's amusing medication. So we're not going to ramble about abusing medication. I want to go back to you. So um, you're in high school. You're kicking ass in sports, but you you academically had a harder time focusing. Mm -hmm. And so did you get bad grades in school?
1: No, I never got bad grades. I think I had a a hard time wanting to be at school.
0: You just didn't want to be there.
1: I just didn't want to be there. I mean, that's actually pretty common, though. Yeah. Know? Well, it was like it's it's hard because I like I really really love learning, mm-hmm. but it was not. It was my environment I was in was not a good environment for me. Like the school I was at, I was still bullied. In was high it a school. big school, small school? It was a huge school.
0: Huge, like how many kids were in your graduating class?
1: Um, in my graduating class, I think they were, like five hundred. Mm-hmm. So it was a good two thousand person school. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, so there was a lot of um, bullying and just feeling like very shut out from everyone. Just I always felt different. I always had this like thing where I was like, I'm just so different than everyone. I was more mature for my age, as well. Were you um, dating? Um, I didn't really like date that much. Like, I really was like kind of scared of guys. <laughs> okay,
0: so you're really tall. Yeah. And you you were tall and you were athletic, but you didn't want to be in school. Were you, like, skipping school a lot?
1: Yeah, I skipped school a lot, which got me in trouble, except for my coaches um, happened to be my teachers. Uh, that helps. So it does, unfortunately, it does help, and it did help. I still passed all my classes, and I was in honors. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was in honors classes, so uh-huh. it was very smart, but I just didn't want to be there.
0: Did you, when you were in school and you were skipping school, were you skipping school and partying and, like, drinking and doing drugs?
1: I actually never drank or did drugs in high school, really? ever. Wow. <laughs> that's all I did when I was in high
0: school was drinking and drugs. No,
1: I was, I was actually, like, a really goody two-shoes. Besides skipping class, I'd go and sleep. So, wait a minute.
0: You <laughs> – let me get this straight. So, you – were seven feet tall already when you were a uh, freshman.
1: Take a foot off there, PJ. Right, Come you're on. <laughs> six feet
0: tall as a freshman. No boobs, no butt. No. Nope. Uh facially, like were you a pretty girl? Like did, did people like did boys flirt with you? Did they tell you yes. you're pretty? Okay, so <laughs> so you're pretty, but you were very tall, skinny, and you didn't like being in school, but you weren't going and doing any drugs. No. Nope. So so far you were a good kid athletic a little bit boring slightly Um, boring yes (laughs) when you got to senior year Mm -hmm. uh did you have plans of going to college
1: i so i actually got recruited for modeling when i was 17 and i dropped out of school to pursue modeling oh wow yeah and i can't even tell you how freaking pissed my mom was for me to like switch to homeschool basically like online And try to do um, my modeling career, and then I totally, like, fell back and slacked in school. So then I didn't end up finishing school for a long time. I actually went back when I was 19 to finish. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I did get my diploma, though.
0: Did you have to go into, like, a GED program?
1: Um, It wasn't a GED. I actually got my full high school diploma. I went to an alternative. Yeah. School, which is, like, they had a daycare there. So it was one of those. But mm-hmm. I was very determined to finish. And I knew I had messed up by leave- leaving, especially because I had scholarship offers for basketball. Which, you know, you can't turn back time. You just got to keep moving forward. Do you ever
0: wish, like, damn, I wish I took a shot with a basketball?
1: Absolutely.
0: I mean, anybody can say, like, oh, I was great and this and that. But, I mean, you if you got recruited to play at the Olympic level, you're obviously good. Yeah. What position did you play?
1: I was actually a post. So I was the girl that even though I was skinny, I was very aggressive by the basket. No one got past me.
0: Did you have like um a favorite player that you looked up to when you were young?
1: Um not not really, honestly. It was just I just loved sports. Like I didn't like watching sports. I just loved playing. So you weren't
0: like I'm trying to think like so for your age, the Huskies are always good. Um They've never not been good. And when they had so many, like, all-star girls over the years. Like, when I was young, it was Jen Rosati. And then they had uh, um, Lobo, was, was Rebecca Lobo. And then all the girls after that that, that were stars from from UConn because those girls were undefeated, like, every year for so long. Like, I imagine, like, a young girl like you being like, I want to be one of those girls. So no, you weren't watching any of that at all.
1: I wasn't watching any of that at all. Wow. I actually just, I barely watch TV. Like, I still don't really like watching TV. Um, I like to... I'm more of, like, a reader. So I didn't watch any, like, sports really on TV. I just loved playing and being active.
0: Okay. Um. So no favorite players. You just like like to play a lot. You, unfortunately, did not get to play because of what you did with school and the modeling. Now, were you traveling around at all for the modeling?
1: Yeah. I actually... Um. I don't know if I can say who it was or not. You can...
0: Do you, I don't know if they would come back and like try to sue you but I mean. No.
1: I mean I'm so I uh did do monster energy. Okay. For a while so I was one of the monster girls. So I got to do that at a very young age. And, and
0: what did you um what did you what did that entail?
1: That entailed going to, you know, like the dirt bike tracks oh, and yeah. all of that. So that's what I and then walking with the flag and smiling.
0: Did you meet like professional like you know dirt back dirt bike riders. yes
1: and i can't tell you their names because i would not remember
0: (laughs) okay did uh did any of them try to like hit on you and like put the moves on you
1: no i was 18 i mean i was like (laughs) trust me guys don't care i mean but i was also with the like with monster and not really like trying to be around like i didn't go out with any of the girls i never like went out drinking i just went back to my hotel room and went to sleep
0: so you were you were still a goody goody?
1: Yes, I was still a goody. You weren't goody. doing any?
0: Are you are you are you censoring yourself for this this show? No,
1: I'm not. I promise. This is my true story. It's good. Get, we're getting to the good part.
0: Oh, this is <laughs> all right. So this is not the good part of, then. I guess this
1: is a boring. No, thing. it's not boring. I, we're learning
0: a lot. Uh, I think all that, the sports stuff is very cool. And so you're you're modeling and you're traveling traveling around for Monster. What other kind of modeling stuff did you do?
1: Um, I did do Denver Fashion Week. So I did a lot of runway stuff because I was so skinny. I was yeah. like a size double zero. I actually had an issue being anorexic. Oh, really? For a while while I was doing this because I just wanted to be as thin as possible. Were they
0: telling you like you have to be skinnier? Yes. Really? They
1: did. They actually, every time, it was like every week they would take my measurements um, Not with Monster, but with my modeling agency. They would take my measurements every single week and tell me, you need to lose an inch here. You need to lose two inches here. They, wow. And I had no butt. Like, I had a very nice athletic body. And they told me I had two inches too big around my hips, which is like where my butt is, which is like, I didn't even have a butt at the time. So <laughs> it was a very uh, toxic for a young girl. Do you remember what you weighed? Um, I think like 120. And you're 5'11". Yeah.
0: So that's very thin.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And they wanted you to lose more?
1: Like, yeah, I think the ideal weight would have been, like, 115, 110.
0: Was there... Did you notice there was a lot of, um, like, anorexic or bulimic girls?
1: Very, like, very, very prominent in modeling, especially bulimic. When I remember... I'll never forget this. I remember... um, Girls were making themselves throw up backstage before we went onto the runway, and the only reason I knew that is because the toilets were clogged with throw up oh my God. from them. So it was very prominent in the industry, and also um, just like talking about, like bragging about how skinny someone was, like oh, I, you look like you lost a couple pounds, kind of thing. Like it was like a bragging rights to be as thin as possible. That's um, you
0: you know, these stories have been going around for. 40 50 60 years of modeling and it's it's scary and it's uh it's sad but i guess that is just a major part of it's not gonna change i mean it's always been like that but now they have plus size modeling and oh and, yeah and it's so
1: much better yeah.
0: there's there's a there's a shoe for every foot as they say um
1: so how long did you actually model for um two, about two years and then what made that come to an end that came to an end because I gained too much weight. Oh, okay. So
0: <laughs> now you were, were you gaining weight because you were getting fatter? Or were yeah, you-
1: I actually was. So I, w- I was in a very unhealthy relationship and mm-hmm. he was um, almost supportive of me losing weight. So I became a raw vegan. Okay. I didn't cook any of my food. I <sighs> And I was working out like six hours a day at okay, this time. Okay,
0: so, so stop for a second. Let's backtrack. <laughs> because we went from... Skinny and modeling to now working out six hours a day. So, I wanted to get to the point where what made you get into working out?
1: So, this wasn't a healthy working out. This was an obsessiveness mm-hmm. with losing weight. This is okay. totally different than like how I work out now and actually getting into working out. But was this fueled by the modeling? Absolutely. It was. I wanted... And also my athletic background, of course. Like Working out for me was running... For that, like, three hours a day and then doing yoga to be long and slender. You were running for three hours a day? Yes. Oh, my I God. I was running, like, all day, every day. That's, like, why I fell back in school, too, is because I was trying to be as thin as possible. So, I was constantly just trying to, like, get skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and then not eating. My hair actually started to fall out at one point. Oh, my God. It got so bad. So was
0: freaking scary.
1: Yeah. And then with my um, ex at the time... He encouraged it. He loved me being that thin and even said, well, you shouldn't be eating this because they have they gave me a diet list of things I was allowed to eat. What kind of guy was he? He was a professional – well, not professional. He was being recruited for professional baseball, but he was um, a pitcher for a very big team in Oklahoma. So OU Sooners, actually. Uh, okay. And so <laughs> he wanted you to be very thin. Yeah. And you wanted to please him? Um, I – it was more of like just being addicted to the look. Okay.
0: So you were addicted to being skinny.
1: Yes. I was addicted to people telling me, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. Like what size do you wear? Like, And I was totally infatuated with being like extra, extra small and size double zero, which is terrible for my look, yeah. especially with how tall I am. It was really bad. And then it got to a point where my mom actually kicked him and I out of the house when I stopped doing school and I moved to Oklahoma with him. Wow. So back in Oklahoma. Yep. So back in Oklahoma, I was only there for a few months and this is where I started to get unhealthy and gain weight because we broke up and I finally, I just went off the rail
0: and when you went off the rail, what happened? Like what what did you do?
1: I started to drink a right. lot. So I definitely depended on alcohol. I started not caring about what I was eating. I was probably eating McDonald's like three times a day. What did you um, drink
0: when you were when you were drinking?
1: Uh, oh God, it's so nasty now that I think about like four locos. Four it, locos, oh, oh my God.
0: <laughs> You really did go off the rails, yeah.
1: And beer, a lot of beer. Okay. I was definitely a beer person. Any anything that a young girl that was wasn't of age could get her hands on, basically. So beer and four locos <laughs> and uh, Bernasties, <laughs> I call <them> <laughs> And how old were you? Um, I think I was like
0: eighteen. So eighteen, you're, you left school to pursue modeling. You met this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, then you went off the rails, started getting partying with four locos and and beer and then how long did this phase last for
1: almost a full year of maybe even a little over a year it's it's so hard to remember because it's like i was doing so much during that time that my memory's almost like flacked out from it Doing I was so much
0: as a, of what
1: just of drinking and smoking a lot too like i used to smack a poke a uh, pack a day of cigarettes what of kind like of cigarettes camel crush i'll never Oof. never forget that i know it's disgusting i can't I can't even stand the smell now, but I was extremely just addicted to like waking up, start drinking, going to bed, start like I would go to bed and drink, like have a bottle by my bed, and was just constantly. Oh, drunk. so you
0: were like uh, in an alcoholic state. Yeah, it was very. You were, and it seems sounds now like you were depressed.
1: Very very depressed. I was definitely going through a hard time.
0: And where was the guy now?
1: He had um, cheated on me and that's when we broke up and he was also just very verbally abusive. Obviously, like he encouraged me to be skinny and if I wasn't skinny enough, then he'd call me fat, like that kind of thing. So I was going through this like really hard time mentally when I was with him and on top of modeling with myself and my image and not loving myself at all. And then once we ended things and it was like, oh, Courtney's free. I can do whatever I want. And I did exactly whatever I wanted. Wow. So
0: when you got to the end of this bad phase, Mm -hmm. what made it end? Did something (laughs) really bad happen or did you just decide, like, I got to clean myself up?
1: So I was in a hotel room in Las Vegas. How did you
0: get to Las Vegas?
1: I was dating this girl. <laughs>
0: oh, you were dating a girl. <laughs> yeah. Crazy parts of the story that are being left out. <laughs> so, where did the girl come from?
1: Um, we met on Tinder. I was actually like, I was I never dated a girl, but I knew I liked girls my entire life, mm-hmm. as well as guys. I'm very bisexual. And so after that breakup, and like I started drinking, and that lifestyle, I started meeting. Like I moved back to Colorado once we broke up. My mom let me move back. And so I was back home. I was still eating like trash. I was sleeping all day, watching anime all day. I'm a huge anime fan, by the way, you guys. Nerd. (laughs) Nerd (laughs) alert. (laughs) So I was watching anime all day, eating pizza in bed and drinking two liters soda, just addicted to unhealthy food and still drinking a lot. And then I met this girl and she was a flight attendant. Okay. So she was like, hey, I have tickets to Las Vegas. And we went and. How did you meet her? Um through Tinder.
0: So you Tinder met I was mistake.
1: tendering and hooking up with a lot of people at the time. Okay. So that's how we met. But it was like Guys and girls. Um no, just like girls mainly. Really? Honestly. I didn't have enough self esteem to feel like I was wanted by men at the time. I was going through a very uh I don't want to get choked up, but a very mentally hard time like loving myself mm-hmm. and feeling like beautiful, I guess. <laughs>
0: Did this guy like really like
1: he really put me down. Yeah.
0: What made you stay with this guy?
1: Um, the sex <laughs> it was it was it was like almost like another addiction. So you my. were
0: you were that young and um you obviously believed that you were in love. Yes. And you were having sex with this guy. Was he one of the like first people that you had sex with? Yes. Um, so you were you, you didn't really even know any better. You're just bonded to this guy, I was very
1: bonded. Yeah, and, and
0: you felt like you were still in love, so you had to do whatever to make him happy. And then exactly. And then in the end, your heart was broken, mm-hmm. and so you turned to booze and girls. And um, <laughs> I sound actually, like a dude. <laughs> I've actually seen this happen before, actually, with uh, with certain women. Um, I've actually had this this a funny conversation I had with one of my. Uh, girlfriends uh, that was telling me that um, a guy like fucked her up so bad that um, she actually like decided that she was never going to be with a guy ever again and she was um, in a committed relationship with a woman for years mm-hmm. and the woman that she was in the relationship was a true lesbian for yeah sure. so was this girl too. Um, without a doubt and you know knew it when she was three years old you know Um, wasn't like some trauma that made her just go the other way now what happened was after all these years and I actually felt bad for the partner she decided that she missed the dick and she went out and banged a dude and was like I miss this and actually broke the the other girl's heart who was you know like I said a true lesbian and the girl was like, honestly, I just went through a phase because I hated men so much. And I was like, geez, I was like, that's that's pretty wild, you know, to go through all that to figure yourself out. But, yeah, she was figuring herself out that way. So it seems like you were in this like figuring it out phase.
1: Very much so.
0: And you ended up in, in Vegas. And so all right, let's go back to that. So, yeah, I met a flight
1: attendant on Tinder. She had tickets to Vegas. So I went with her and her friends. She asked me to be her girlfriend, which I really wasn't. Like into her like that, I guess she just
0: said, "Will you be my girlfriend?"
1: Yeah, she literally asked me at the airport with a sign and everything. I was very embarrassed. She had a sign. And she had a sign. She was like, "Will you be my girlfriend?" with That's adorable. With my favorite flower and like we hadn't even hooked up was the thing too. Like, so I was like, "Okay, well we don't even know if we like have fun in that way, but all right." So I just said yes because I was like, I really liked her as a person. She was a really amazing person. So said yes. We go to Vegas. I had the worst time of my life. I was, I think it was eighteen nineteen. This was right after, like, six months after we had, him and I had broken up. Do you
0: remember what hotel you used at?
1: Um, The really crappy one on the strip. Oh, Excalibur.
0: Oh, Excalibur. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So, we yeah, we were at Excalibur, and... I couldn't go to bars with them, and they just, like, left me to go, like, drinking and everything. Like, I had to drink in the hotel room because I wasn't old enough to, like, go into these places. Oh my God. And while I was in the hotel room, I was sitting there getting drunk, and I was like, I don't even like like these people like why am i here like just a free ride to just sit at the hotel and do nothing (laughs) so i actually got myself a hotel room and left her and ghosted her
0: what hotel did you go to
1: um i went to one off of the strip i can't remember the name but it was some small little hotel probably not the safest place to go you didn't
0: even tell her you were just like i'm out of
1: here yeah wow
0: this is an amazing story
1: yeah i blocked her (laughs) blocked all of her friends it was like damn, I hope I still have my plane ticket because she, she was the one that got me the ticket. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so my mom actually bought me a plane ticket back home. <laughs> wow,
0: that's a pretty ballsy thing to do.
1: Yeah, I was just like, F this. Like, I don't even like these people. Like, They just wanted like a DD or something. I'm not sure, but it was not a good time. I was sitting in there smoking cigarettes and just dicking around on my phone and drinking a bunch and not having a good time. So I left, got that hotel room, ordered as much food as i possibly could eat i pretty much had a mukbang is how you pronounce it by myself (laughs) listening to carrie underwood sing the sad love songs oh my god (laughs) depressing! and i had the bright idea i was like hey you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go shave my head
0: oh my god (laughs) in vegas
1: in vegas so i was like i'm gonna go watch a movie by myself at the movie theater but before that I'm gonna go to the barber shop and I'm gonna just tell him to buzz it off. Oh my god! <laughs> so you actually paid somebody to? do I this. paid someone to buzz. What my did your hair. hair look like at the time? So I actually had a pixie cut. So it was already short. It okay. was like it was about six inches long on top, and then I had under. It was like shaved underneath. Mm-hmm. So it was like a longer pixie. Very is actually really cute on me. I still get told to this day that it was a very cute look on me. Okay. Um, um, it's
0: hard for me to imagine you like that. You'll have to show me a picture. When you're I gonna
1: definitely dance. will show you pictures. That's how my ex fell in love with me. It was because he loved how sporty I looked. <laughs> now,
0: oh, hold on one second. Because <laughs> I'm thinking in my head at first that you had a Britney Spears moment and you were in the bathroom with clippers just shaving your own head. But was, you actually went to a barbershop.
1: Went to a barbershop on the strip.
0: And were they like, no?
1: No. They were like, yeah, whatever. Like, wow. sure. So they shaved my head. I immediately regretted it. It was like, but to me, it was symbolic. None of them were like, are you sure you want to do this? No. They just said, they, yeah. It's Vegas. I mean, it's the city of effort. It. <laughs> it's
0: the city of sin. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, so you shaved your head in Vegas. So you went on a lesbian trip to Vegas.
1: Lesbian trip.
0: <laughs> bailed out on, on the girl. Yeah. And uh, shaved your head. Yes. And uh, after you shaved your head, do you have pictures of yourself with the head shaved?
1: Oh, God, no. I looked like a very fat version of Eminem. It was mm. terrible.
0: <laughs> a fat Eminem. I can't I, imagine that. I
1: literally looked like fat Eminem. That's I ended hilarious. Up, I ended up buying a bunch of wigs. <laughs> wearing wigs. Oh, she so wore wigs after that. Yeah, for a long time. What kind of wigs did you wear? Um, just like one like lace front they just looked like normal hair, but they really, really looked awful. I don't know how to put on a wig to save my life. Oh my god. So that I wore a lot hilarious. of beanies. I have pictures you're gonna die laughing later when I show you these pictures of me holding a cigarette because I was still smoking at the time.
0: So you're bald and you're in and Vegas. And you're, so you're <laughs> so bald. you're fat, bald, uh, in Vegas.
1: Yeah. And at this point, What are you thinking about, like, your life at this point? At this point, my decision when I was going to get my head shaved, it was I was going to start over. I was going to start working out. I was going to start taking better care of myself and do it in a healthy way. So this is when my life was – it was like a reset button hit in my head. But I still struggled with things. Like, I stopped drinking for a very long time after that. Um, but I still was very addicted to nicotine, so I was still smoking a ton.
0: How much were you smoking?
1: Upwards of three packs a day sometimes. Oh, my God. Like, a pack in the morning, first thing. Anytime I got into the car, I was smoking. And That is gross. Yeah, my I'm surprised I'm I'm surprised I don't have lung cancer right wow. now because it was so terrible.
0: That is a lot. Three yeah. packs is a freaking lot. Yeah, That's an expensive habit, too.
1: Yeah, I, did, I mean, I was... Also selling underwear online at the time. Okay. So that was like.
0: (laughs) How much were you selling your underwear for?
1: Uh, fifty a pop. Oh, not bad. Yeah, so it was actually pretty cheap for if I ever did it again for what I would charge. Yeah, now you can get
0: more. You can definitely get a lot more than that. So you were. (laughs) Were you uh, wearing the underwear first and then? Yeah.
1: So it was like it was. I don't know how I even came across the website. It was like panty deal or something. This is uh, and this is all before there was OnlyFans. (laughs) Yeah, this was way before. I didn't even like that. See, there's always been a market. There's always been a market. Yep. So that's how I was secretly making money. Of course, uh, my mom didn't know I was like doing webcamming and selling panties online. Like that's how I secretly had my money for my cigarettes and clothes and whatever. How much money
0: were you making selling your underwear? Um,
1: like. I made $350 one day, just in a day. Wow. So I was actually doing very well. And you were making money doing what else? Um, webcamming. What were you doing on webcam? Um, Just like what you think a webcam girl would do. Oh, okay, like... The <laughs> like uh, typical, uh, like... OnlyFans type like stuff. Like OnlyFans mm-hmm. type
0: stuff. Did you ever have, um at that point, any, like... In, in bodybuilding, we call them schmoes, like guys that wanted you to do, like flex your muscles things like that or was it just regular
1: i was still fat, oh, you were so, still fat. No. <laughs> okay, so no right. i was like 185 pounds oh because like... there's a whole
0: there's a whole different uh schmo they call it subculture yeah um, for the girls that have muscle
1: i think it was i looked like a guy kind of because i had my shaved head and even if i wore a wig like i wore very like um like collars i was very more like that like dominatrix like yeah. how you basically thought i really was yeah
0: my dominatrix version of you was more like leathery and whips and high boots and whatnot though
1: yeah i wore a lot of that too but i definitely had a lot of like um sissies i think yeah it. i had sissies. a lot of sissies That's that hilarious. loved me um so yeah that that whole thing of
0: and you were young all this is going on yeah because you're only 24 now so how old were you during this phase
1: I think I was still 18. I wasn't, yeah, this was all, like, this was so fast. Like, all this.
0: The the age 18 was a hell of a year for you. Hell of a a year.
1: I would say from 16 to 18 were the hardest years of my life, for sure. Especially with everything that went on with my ex and then um, being, getting sexually abused in high school and, like, all these things, like, added up. I do not know that you were uh, sexually abused in high school. We skipped over that. How did that happen? Um, it was the one and only time I had drink in high school. And I was 17. And I actually got raped. So this was... um, That was like a... When I actually did hate guys was after that. And then I met my ex later on. But...
0: Were you at like a party? Yes.
1: Or? I was at a party and I got roofied. Okay. And it was in my drink, and then the next day, or it was like two days later, at school, they're like, "Did you see that video of Courtney? Did you see that video?" Oh, there was a video. There is someone too? recorded it happening and sent it around my entire high school. Oh, that's like cyber it's harassment slash killing. traumatizing. Police were involved, oh, like the whole yeah. thing. That is fucking
0: horrible. I'm I'm sorry. Excuse my language. That is just a horrible thing to have to go through. Or for the scumbag people that fucking did that?
1: Yeah, it was my friends, too. So it was, like, like guy friends I trusted.
0: So this guy took advantage of you. Yeah. And then somebody else recorded it? Yeah, one of our friends. And then put it all around? Yes. Man, that is uh, fucking disgusting. I'm sorry that that happened to you.
1: Well, it's in the past, and I don't remember it, so... <laughs>
0: did it, like... um. Once it all came out, did it really, like, traumatize you?
1: Yeah. It was very, very traumatizing. I was bullied even worse after that. Like, people calling me a whore and all kinds of names, even though it was totally out of my control. Um, But it was just... It was a very hard situation, and I think that was part of the reason that I dropped out, Mm -hmm. too, because it was just so hard for, like, me to even make eye contact with a guy after that. Like, I was just so scared and... Um, very hard for a young girl which I know a lot of girls go through that and have things happen that they aren't open about um all I can say is to talk to someone about it go to counseling I did I went you to did counsel- I did go to counseling for a long time
0: and it helped you a lot
1: yes it did I did after that um a little bit after that after all the bullying I did try to commit suicide
0: if you are okay with talking a little bit about that how did that come to be?
1: I think, like, how I told you earlier about just my self-worth, and this is, like, when I was with my ex. I attempted, and I ended up in the hospital. They what did you do? I tried to overdose on pills.
0: Okay, like sleeping pills? or. Um,
1: I So I took everything in the medicine cabinet, and I took all of it.
0: Was it over-the-counter stuff or prescription stuff? It was stuff?
1: prescription and over-the-counter. I took... Like fifty pills of Advil and all kinds of stuff. I had to get my stomach pumped.
0: Were you throwing up a lot?
1: Yeah, I started to kind of fade in and out, and I got so scared that I was gonna like, gonna die. Like I didn't realize the repercussion until I really felt like I was gonna die. And I was at my, I had left my mom's house right after taking all that, and I ran to my best friend's house, and I was laying in bed with her, and it started to like hit me, and I told her I was like. Hey, I need to go to the hospital. Like, I'm really scared right now that I'm actually going to die. And I didn't realize, um, that I really don't want to die. Like it started to, like the adrenaline started to hit. I was like getting sweats super bad, like puking. I couldn't stand up. They ended up having to like carry me out. And my best friend's mom was one of the teachers at my school too. So this was like a really big deal. And we get to the hospital I The police came ended up handcuffing me so that I wouldn't try to harm myself mm-hmm. there. It's a huge deal. They had to pump my stomach and then put me into, um, I forgot the name. It's but It's like a psych ward. Yeah. It's a psych ward. Because you're a danger to yourself. Yeah. they have to do that. Mm-hmm. So I had to be there for, I believe I was there for a week straight yeah that's would. what happened
0: to me when i when I almost drank myself to death yeah, you see some weird shit when you're in there there's some weirdos yeah. <laughs> it's an experience it's uh it's I'm not saying that everybody should have to go through that, but that is an experience that is uh truly a humbling experience when you're in a situation like that and you see wow what look what I did to myself, and
1: it's so dumb I mean that you're really treated like a prisoner when you're in there
0: so when you were in there um how long did it take you to start feeling like okay
1: um i really never stopped feeling the way i did i actually like was just like kind of lied my way out of there because i didn't want to be there oh, i was wow. still very very depressed and upset and things continued to get worse and that's when i met like was still with my ex he was verbally abusive and I didn't try to attempt suicide again, but I went a different direction, which was, like I told you earlier, drinking and um, smoking and all that.
0: So, for for all these, you know, hardships that you were going through, trying to commit suicide, being in the hospital, you know, abusive relationship, crazy stuff that happened to you, when did the positive stuff start coming like when did you turn it all around like how did you turn it all around
1: so after I shaved my head and hit the reset button I decided I wanted to go back to school and finish school so I went to that alternative school and one of the requirements was this gym class and I was like oh my god like I haven't worked out in so long Mm -hmm. like I was overweight and I had short hair and I just felt so ugly and not good about myself and I met this amazing man, Sean, who right. is a person that got me into bodybuilding really? in the first place. I love you, Sean. I hope you listen to this. <laughs> How
0: did he get you into bodybuilding?
1: So he was a bodybuilder himself. Mm-hmm. He was classic physique. And I had no idea about bodybuilding or like the world that I'm in now at all. I had no idea besides Arnold. like I didn't even understand anything about it. And Sean took a liking to me and I like loved his gym class every day. I looked forward to it. I start, like, started to cut back on smoking cigarettes every single day because it was hard to breathe in gym class, clearly. And I actually ended up hiring a nutrition nutritionist to help me with my diet.
0: And so the guy, Sean, um, mm-hmm. he was competing in Classic Physique. Mm-hmm. How old was he? He was almost 40. Okay, so he'd been training for a long time. Yes. And he got you into working out with weights. Yes. Oh, cool. So, And you were how old at this time?
1: Um, I believe I was almost 19. Okay, but it,
0: it, there was no discussion on competing or anything. He just got you into working out. Yeah,
1: he, was, he just wanted me to be healthier, and we actually became very good friends. And he was like a, almost like a father figure That's nice. to me. Like, he was amazing with every one of the students especially to be in an alternative school like that there are a lot of kids that come from juvie and you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like just a lot of that and he was always great to everyone treated everyone fairly Um, but I ended up having a very special relationship with him in terms of him being like a dad almost and him playing that role for me in school and really pushing me to finish school as well
0: and then how long did it take you to finish school
1: um, six months. Okay. So, so you I've, finished
0: school. Mm-hmm. You're still very young. Then what do you do?
1: Um, and then that is when the turning point was really like during school when I hired the nutritionist and then I had Sean teaching me how to work out. This is when I learned how to work out like properly. Mm-hmm. And also he drilled it into our heads about bodybuilding, showed us pictures. And I was like, I really want to do that. He's like, It's not for everyone. Yeah. But if you can follow a diet and you really like this, he's like, I'll coach you. Like, I'll do whatever it takes um to help you do it if you really want to do it. Like we talked about everything and I just started getting so interested in it. He gave me this book about like Arnold's book, actually, The Book of Lifting.
0: Oh, Arnold's encyclopedia. Yes. Yeah. I have it's a it. classic. I still have it. See, even the bikini girls know about that book. It shows you <laughs> Arnold transcends all
1: he gave me that as a graduation gift
0: that's an awesome gift
1: yeah it's amazing
0: I like this guy uh Mr. Sean if you're out there you're a good man
1: yeah he was he was definitely awesome um so after that I started working at a nutrition store and this is like when I was dating my ex and he was very into lifting. So that's like, it became my life. Mm. Like I started working out every single day, like not to the point where I'm at now, but I started lifting weights. I gained muscle extremely quickly, which you do when you're a beginner and all this, I was eating a ton of food, like good food, like having a cheat day, (laughs) like every week. And I was just extremely happy and in a good place in my life. I had an amazing relationship I had very amazing people around me, and then I started working in a nutrition shop, and the lady that ran it with her husband were also bodybuilders. Okay. So you so were surrounded by bodybuilders. Now. I started to be surrounded by bodybuilders, and this is how I met my coach, Justin, okay. was he was next door at the gym, and he actually coached one of my friends I went to school with growing up. Wow. Who is a bikini pro now. Oh, cool. Yeah. So she became pro as well. Um, she doesn't compete anymore, but she was extremely good when she was competing. What made her stop? She just did a 180, just more holistic stuff mm. and more like yogi, yogi now. She just likes to the, more the lifestyle of just relax and not constantly on prep and yeah. constantly traveling, which it's not for everyone. No, it's not. So
0: so you met him and he said uh hey you should do a show or
1: um no so i knew him from social media because of her and one time he came into the shop because we were next door and asked me if he had change and i was like oh my god justin like i know you're like you're carly's coach and he's like yeah hi like it was so weird at all but weird because i ran up and gave him a hug and That's everything funny. and he's like who is this girl <laughs> And then I ended up going over there the next day and I was like, hey, so like, I know you coach Carly. Would you be willing to coach me? Like, I really want to do a bikini competition. And that's when we started and we started working out together once a week. I started training with him. I actually got fired from the nutrition store for being under him as a coach because they were coaches.
0: Oh, so it was a coaching like competition type thing. Yes. And uh you went to the enemy side basically. Yes. Oh. And I got lost
1: my job. What
0: made you not uh get coached by the people that ran the place?
1: Um I I saw something in Justin I didn't see in them. Okay. Fair and enough. that was that I knew he was going to give me full attention and like really Like, I just, it was a gut feeling, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, you just kind of know when you know things. Yeah, I mean, it
0: worked out, right, because you guys uh, turned pro together. Yes. So how, how, once you met him, how long was it before you did your first show?
1: Um, almost, I want to say almost a year.
0: Okay, so you trained for a year.
1: And my first, and I was natural my first year. Mm -hmm. And at my first show, I actually won my class and, um one novice i did novice first beginner like all that so i actually did very well my first show like right off the bat he was like told me he's like i can see you going pro did you win the open also no i got second so it was like it was close but the girl that beat me ended up being on my team and becoming a very good pro placing top five so Uh, okay (laughs) this we all ended up together (laughs) all right so
0: this this uh you meet this guy he is training other competitors You train for a year, you go in, you win the novice, you get second in the open, and... I
1: won my open class, she just won open bikini. Oh, okay,
0: okay, all right. So, you have a lot of success at the first show. Yeah. And this is how long ago?
1: This was when I was almost 21.
0: Okay, so, from there, when did you make the jump to the national
1: level? Um... He, so funny story, I still am mad at him for this. When I asked him to do nationals that year, he laughed at me and told me no.
0: (laughs) Why did he laugh at you? Because he just was like, you don't have a chance yet?
1: Yeah, exactly. And he laughed and he still feels bad for it. So I ended up leaving him for a little bit and wanting to do things on my own. And I got my boobs done right after I got engaged on my 21st birthday. Wow. And so I got my boobs done. I gained a bunch of weight. Like a bunch of weight and this is where this was the most um important time in my bodybuilding career. This is the most growth I've ever had in bodybuilding. And I um I mean I was jacked. Like how I do you, got, how
0: do you think you got so jacked? was eating like crazy?
1: I was eating like crazy. Like how many meals a day? Like six, eating closer to like three thousand calories, wow. having cheat meals like twice, three times a week. Like I got very big. Like What's at the time like what was like an average meal for you like you sit down you have like how
0: much chicken like what do you eat
1: I would probably eat like six ounces of chicken Mm -hmm. six ounces of steak at night like pretty much whatever I like really wanted in terms of um, healthy but definitely more the six to seven sometimes range
0: how many uh, like how many grams of carbs.
1: Probably like 300 grams of rice pre-workout, like a lot a of lot. food. Like I would eat Ezekiel bread. And what this is before I knew I had celiacs. And so I was eating like all these like breads and toast and I would have cereal pre-workout sometimes too on top of the rice. So I was just eating like eating like an athlete, training like an athlete. I was working out very heavy, lifting as much as I could, going to the point of failure every single time I worked out.
0: We, uh, did you have certain body parts that were really strong? Glutes. What, um, what was your favorite exercise back then when you were training really heavy?
1: Hip thrust. Absolutely. I and squats. I remember in the gym you
0: told me that you could hip thrust quite a bit. So now when it's hard to squat a lot when you're tall. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of weight were you squatting with?
1: I really didn't like to squat super heavy. I like to squat to, fi- to failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would squat like 225. Like for, eight, like repping it out for how many reps? Like twelve. That's a lot. That's very good. Yeah. Especially
0: for how tall you are, that's impressive.
1: So you're strong,
0: and uh, you're having a, a a fast rise in the the competitive side of of the sport. Mm-hmm. The first year you did not do a national show.
1: The second year I did.
0: Okay, so the second year you did what?
1: So the second year after this growth, I ended up getting, I say we made up, me and Justin broke up and then we made up and I got back together with him. (laughs) Sounds like a relationship on replay. (laughs) And then we decided we were going to put me in one of these local shows in Colorado. Um, I won my class. I actually looking back at pictures now did not look good, but I was very muscular. I should have done figure at that show. I was so jacked. Um, and then I did Mile High right after that, which was like a month after, got to a good size, and I won the whole show. Wow. So this is right after. Um, and then I went to Nationals two weeks after that. And I placed seventh, which was my worst placing because I had always been winning and winning and winning.
0: But you had never gone to Nationals.
1: No. This yeah, was my so first national show. Yeah. Um, if I show you the picture of my glutes – at that show, you'd be like, wow, what the heck were yeah. you guys thinking?
0: I'd like to see, though.
1: Um, my legs were 24 inches around lean. Who uh,
0: who was the head judge of that show? Sandy. Did she say anything to you?
1: Uh, she told me I was way too big in my legs and glutes.
0: Tone it down.
1: Yep, tone it down, bikini girl style. This is when I wish wellness was around, because yeah. I could definitely could have done it at that time.
0: So you nationals at the end of the year so you finish that your seventh place
1: yes and then what and then after that um i this is when i went to wwe okay. It was after this so i'm like this really jacked athlete like i told you they love my look i was platinum blonde like very blonde pretty like i don't you know what i mean tattooed too which yeah. is they loved it did that, and I got so lean by myself in my off season, like stage lean, and I stayed that lean. That we we're like, you know what? We're gonna do the Arnold, like the Arnold amateur. Yeah. And I went and I did it. I won my class. That's huge. And there was fifty girls in my yeah. It's a good class. way to get noticed, right there. Yep. That's this is when I got started getting noticed on social media. This is when I started to really get noticed by people. People like came up to me, taking pictures with me, saying, "Oh my gosh, like." I know exactly who you are. Like I love following you. Like you've changed so much. Like since your first show to now, um, I unfortunately did not get the overall, so I did not get that pro card. Mm-hmm. And then I went vegan. Why?
0: What made you go vegan?
1: The animals. I'm a huge animal lover. Oh, I no. I wish I could s- still do it, but I'm like I have. You know, I love meat too. And, yeah,
0: I love that meat. Yeah,
1: you know, I love it. So I went vegan, and um, I lost all your gains. Lost all my gains. There you go. You <laughs> want to lose
0: the gains? You go vegan.
1: So, which is actually ended up being a good thing for me because then I ended up getting my pro card. There you
0: go. See, <laughs> shout out to the vegan side then. That helped you. So you lost all your gains because you went vegan, but then it I helped had you get a very
1: good bikini look after i went vegan like very good bikini look oh so now everyone's
0: that's taking notes they're like they're like fuck vegetables and now all of a sudden they're like wait a minute i should rethink this and go back to, to this <laughs> good timing for us to get a vegan protein out that we have been actually working on behind the scenes at Blackstone labs a little plug there oh, what
1: flavor can you say? Can you tell me?
0: Um, it will probably we'll probably start out with basic like chocolate type stuff,
1: and I'll probably still want that because yeah, I love it, vegan protein. It's it's so it's, good. it's
0: um. Easy to make people happy with chocolate and vanilla. And then when you start getting into all the fancier flavors like we've been doing with the seasonal stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's people are like either like they like this or they hate it type thing. Oh,
1: that pumpkin pie, you guys get on it. It's so good. And there's so many different recipes you can do. It with is it too. delicious.
0: But we're not talking about pumpkin pie. We're talking about you competing. So you went, you went vegan. And did you go straight to USA's?
1: Um, no. So I actually did a warm up show and won the entire show. What show is that? Um, Colorado State, which is like one of their biggest shows. Yeah. Um, so this was a really big show and won the whole thing. Um, it was a unanimous decision for that show.
0: Um, so you uh, had straight ones. You won the overall, and they told you like, yo, you gotta go and get. Your
1: yeah. Paper. So the, my feedback from those judges was one of them was actually judging nationals. He said, "Well, I look forward to congratulating you at USA's." Oh, at USA's. Yeah. How so how
0: long uh, uh, was USA's after that show?
1: About. Two weeks.
0: So you did this all pretty fast for the most part.
1: Yeah. So I became a pro in a little less than three years. Wow. That's awesome. In six shows. Very fast. Yeah. So then at USA's, I became pro. Um, It was actually probably one of my best looks, to be honest. Yeah, it was was a great look. When I went pro, definitely did not have the muscle I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, But my feedback from Sandy was she was a head judge. She loved my look. I had actually gone brunette for these shows, yeah. which was a huge game changer for me competing wise. I definitely believe even at national level, it looked better on me. Um, and she to- just told me before I went to do any pro shows, I needed a gain in my upper body. Mm-hmm. And this is when I went and got my blood tested and found out I had celiacs and was only eating stuff with gluten. Which I wasn't digesting at all, <laughs> so.
0: which is really really rough and 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 hard on on your body. Yes, Celex disease can really wipe you out, you know. And so.
1: every single one of my meals had gluten, and I started to lose weight very quickly, in the muscle at least. Um, I was eating vegan like like beef crumbles and like stuff like that mm-hmm. all have gluten. Fake mock chicken that was in like every single meal I had, and we like the last like six months from going from being so stacked and like getting told I had one of the best physiques mm-hmm. at the Arnold to losing like 15 pounds to USA's. Yeah that's amazing. So it was a huge difference like it, like my body was attacking itself and once I found out I started incorporating fish and eggs was yeah. the first thing that came back, which is like most people yeah. start incorporating. And then it was chicken after that, which was really hard at first for me. And then... Why? Do you just feel
0: bad about the little chickens? Yeah. They're good to eat them. I
1: love chickens. What about the
0: cows? The little The cows, cows
1: was definitely really hard, but so, I love steak. Oh, they're so good to eat. I love those little guys. <laughs> so then I put on um, a bunch of muscle once I started... Eating meat again and doing, like, all my supplements again. And then um, I actually got with you guys.
0: <laughs> and before we talk about us, I just want to throw this out there. And this is uh, just food for thought. When you um, switched to vegan, mm-hmm. your intention wasn't to lose all that weight. Right? No, it that, was not. That just – you just switched to vegan. And you were like, whoa.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then you went back to eating you know animal sources of protein and your muscle came back pretty fast very quickly food for thought people at home <laughs> and all the conspiracy people that think that all these warriors were vegans back then you're all very mistaken um i love i love uh hearing stories like this and i have no problem if morally you choose to be vegan i am completely for people making their own decisions however if you are Going vegan because you read something online or you saw some sort of documentary on it, then you are most likely being misled uh, because it is truly not the way to go uh, and some uh, somebody will find some scientist that will uh, be really really. Behind uh, the vegan side, well, they of
1: came out with a movie on Netflix.
0: It's bullshit. It's all propaganda,
1: and yeah, yeah. a lot
0: of people fell for that. Even Sammy, that works for, here, thought about going vegan <laughs> for a little while. I was like, "Come on, Sammy, you're getting sucked into some marketing." Um, again, if you are doing it for moral reasons, I completely support that. I yeah. love animals, so Mine was moral. there's no way I'd ever be eating any cats or dogs. I love my little cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. I love horse. I actually can't eat venison because. Just the idea of eating the deer makes me too upset, but I will eat a cow.
1: Yeah, I, the can't, cow doesn't I can't make me upset. Either. It does
0: not make me upset.
1: I have had an alligator, though.
0: Not I've had alligator. It doesn't it's taste
1: not, good. It's not that good. I've had frog legs, which were really also, it was so also good. Also not good. Tastes Ugh. like chicken, you no. guys. He's lying. No. <laughs> um.
0: I love 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 beef though. Love beef.
1: Oh god, um, yeah. I'm going to have a steak tonight actually. That's right. With that's right. Fries. Coach told you, you can have a steak. Ooh, that's yeah. Good.
0: <laughs> um we got to keep you nice and full. So the story is a is a hell of a story. You've grew up, you your biological dad was gone young. Do you have connection with him at all now?
1: Um no. So before this is I guess a part I skipped over, before I decided to do state and go to USA's my dad had actually passed away a few months prior from um, drug overdose and which
0: from the earlier part of the story doesn't seem to be a surprise
1: yeah and unfortunately I thought he was clean but it was it is what it is that's what happens a lot of times um so that happened and after that I decided that I was, I thought I was done competing for a bit. I wanted to take a break and relax because I had done so many shows for being an amateur Mm -hmm. at the time. And then after that happened, when I went to his funeral, I just like had a feeling I was like, I need to like, I just want to do something that I know he would be watching and be proud of because he was never like he was never anything important in my life. But I felt like since he had passed away, his spirit would be there with me. Even though he wasn't so much in my life, it was just a feeling kind of. If thing. he was
0: not in your life, why did you want him to be proud?
1: I think I wanted him to be proud because I, no matter what happened throughout my childhood and with him in our relationship, he was still a great guy when he wasn't using on drugs. Like he was a great father when he wasn't. It was when he was. I wouldn't hear from him for months kind of thing That's sad. so i still loved him very much it just sucked that he chose that over his own kids which is a, a lot of times happens yeah. but
0: how old was he when he passed away
1: um i think he was i, I did not even know his age to be honest
0: i mean probably was, pretty young i mean you're 24
1: yeah my mom's 48 so he was 47 wow so sad very very young passing away and i think the the proud part for me was that he had originally when i had told talked to him over the phone and told him i was doing these competitions is funny enough very very christian guy and Mm -hmm. told me that i would look like a slut if i did these shows because i'm in a bikini and all that and then the more i did him and he saw how good i was The more he supported it. Oh, that's good. So it was a total turnaround. And then after he passed away, I was like, he like really, really supported me before he passed away. I didn't hear from him for a few months before that. The last text I sent him was that I forgave him and I loved him. It was so weird. It was like this weird spiritual, like almost like feeling like, you know, when you get this gut feeling that something's going to happen I've always had a very strong intuition on things and I had texted him um, like a month or two before he passed away and told him how much I loved him and that I just wanted him to be better for my brother and I and for his wife. Did he respond? He did respond. Okay. And he told me how proud he was of me and to keep doing what I'm doing, that he loved that I had found something that was so good for me and so healthy and something that really changed my life. I mean, it really did. Wow. So, yeah.
0: damn the story you're gonna get me crying now so you texted your dad and you had a gut feeling on it but i'm glad that you got to at least have that yeah um and then he passed away when he passed away how did it affect you
1: um it was extremely hard i definitely got very depressed and i was never like into like believing in God or anything like that. And I'm not going to get into any spiritual stuff because everyone mm-hmm. has their own opinions on things. But when I went to his funeral, it was like an awakening for me almost like I could feel him there. And it like, I just broke down in tears over, over him in the casket mm-hmm. and just could feel that he was there and how much he loved my brother and I, even though the decisions his he made weren't, didn't always say that. Yeah. Like, he did love us, and I just knew. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something for me that's going to make me happy because I can't be in this depressed state. I can't not step back again and go back to how I was before. So then I decided to do those shows. And when I was on stage, when they called my name, I looked up and I was like, thank you so much, Dad, for like, giving me that little extra push because I wouldn't have done it. I probably would have fell back into drinking again. And- Damn.
0: What an amazing story. Wow. Um I'm gathering my thoughts because uh I have a although my biological father didn't uh pass away, um you know, I was very driven by the desire to make him proud, but mine was more because since he was never there, my mindset was that if I could be the best, you know, at anything that he would want to to know me. You know and uh, he happened to bodybuild and that's how i got into bodybuilding um and there was a lot of anger and stuff behind that for years um eventually i let go of all that later in life when i found out that he was sick and dying of cancer i i didn't want it to be like that
1: so and, yeah, have that on your shoulders right? yeah so
0: we you know i went and said what i had to say to him and He actually wound up uh, beating cancer in the end, but we still don't have any relationship. So um, it's interesting to see how our parents can many times be completely out of our lives, but influence us more in some ways than the ones that are in our lives, Um, which is very, very uh, interesting, but not unique. I hear stories like that all the time. So thankfully, um, you did something so positive with it. Mm-hmm. And you motivated yourself and you went and you got your pro card. And now um, you're in your rookie season and you're at you're having a very good rookie year. And when you when you actually joined the Legion, this is something I think is important that people know. When you joined the Legion, uh you joined on your own. Mm-hmm. Um if this wasn't a PJ saw her and thought she looked really good and had a lot of potential and uh signed her. And so I was just going through posts one day, and I saw Welcome to the Legion, Mm -hmm. and I saw that it was you, and um, I realized I wasn't following you. I followed you back, and I was like, wow, this girl's got a lot of potential, and um, I reached out to you to see what your plans were, and you told me, and uh, it sort of skyrocketed forward uh, because you did everything that you said that you were going to do, and um, for me, what I tell people all the time is I base things on how hard people work. And that's all that matters to me. So I don't care if you have a million followers or if you have a thousand followers. And many times the thousand follower guy will be a lot more valuable than the million. Um, And people think that makes no sense. But typically the person that wants it more is going to go out and get it. And I could see how hungry you were and how driven you were. And um, I could see that it was real, which is, I think, just a tremendous quality that not enough people have these days. Not enough people want to go and attack their goals. They want to wait around for them to happen. It just doesn't work that way in life. So you told me that you were fucking determined to be the best and that you manifest this and that you were going to do whatever it takes to be the best. And I like that a lot. And I said, well, as long as you do what I want you to do for Blackstone Labs, I will help you make that happen. And that is what brought you down here to competing uh, Tim Gardner's show, and you had an off show. We'll admit that yeah. was that was your uh, worst look and worst performance. But yeah. you know you had some things go on that affected you. So now you are going to be bouncing back and competing this weekend.
1: I'm so freaking fired up, PJ. <laughs> I can't even tell you.
0: I, I feel like you you even though you're you were first call out and you're you're still good. I feel like you need a little bit of redemption because oh, it's you, were, on. you came on hot. The, yeah, th- the first show you were fourth, and a, and a lot of people said that you should have won.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, I had told you go go to Sandy see what Sandy says just take whatever she says she's the best she's been doing this for a long time she's gonna tell you straight up and and you told me that Sandy said don't change a thing and that is a, just a tremendous tremendous thing to hear and so unfortunately you did change a couple things but now we're going back to yep. how you started coming we're in we're eating eat hard full tight and we're gonna go into this this Phoenix show, and I, I believe that you're Scottsdale. I believe that you're going to go in there and win.
1: Oh, I feel so, I feel so good right now. Like right. I can just tell, just being here with the team, being here with you, has lit something in me that I didn't even know was there, and I'm very excited to bring that out. Wow! <laughs>
0: See what happens when you come down to Boca. <laughs> Your trip is starting to come uh, to an end, yeah. um, but you've been down here since you've actually been here since Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving uh, but you were competing Day. for a few days. How has your overall trip been down here?
1: Oh, amazing! I want to live here. <clears throat> that happens. People want to people want to move down
0: here when they get down here. Oh, I see. I hear that. Little...
1: <laughs> oh no, I love Boca. Honestly, this has been like I could totally live here. I just want to be in a bikini year round. <laughs>
0: and guys, it's so funny. Um, she's such a nice girl that she is here with her mom and her brother, and they're rooming together and they're doing things together, and um, it's a very cute a uh, little family to watch. Well, not little, they're all very tall actually. Very huge. <laughs> um, the mom is really tall. is your mom. 5'11. And your brother is how tall? 6'6.
1: So
0: you're all towers, but um it's cool. At least it all runs in the family. And um I hope they had a gr- a great time as well.
1: Oh, they definitely did.
0: And you get to eat tonight, so maybe I'll eat some food with you also. That would be awesome. Um but I I actually already think the world of you and you've impressed me a lot. And um not only are you a very sweet girl and a very nice person, but you are a very driven competitor and it's exciting. And I actually do think that you will be, by the end of next year, on the Olympia stage for sure, batting, battling with the best in the world. I think that first win is right around the corner. And I wouldn't be surprised if Florida was right around the corner for you all. <laughs> so everybody wants to move down here once they come down here.
1: It's um, beautiful.
0: By the time you guys hear this podcast, Joe Reiser might be living down here. He's on his way down. He's got his trip booked. We're excited about that. And um, we did a lot. You guys are going to see a lot of content that comes out after this podcast. This podcast will probably be one of the first things that go out because we're on a shadow ban again and nobody's seeing our stuff, so we're saving it. Uh, But we did get a lot of fun stuff. We got some cool training stuff. Strobo came and helped out. We did a fucking, excuse my language, awesome posing video. Oh,
1: my gosh. Jen is amazing
0: when When the ladies turn that video on, they're gonna be so impressed like people are going to learn so much you're you're an awesome uh subject to use anyway uh, and you're very lean because you're doing a show so you can see everything the way it's supposed to um, Jen is extremely descriptive if, this video is gonna help so many people yeah yeah you know are either beginners or don't have a coach or even people that are advanced and just need a little tweak here and there, just little things that that they can pick up. And I'm excited for everybody to see that. Um, and before we shut it down, do you have any like people that you want to shout out, thank, plug? <laughs>
1: um, I just mainly just want to say thank you so much to you, Aww. PJ. You are seriously have been amazing, and not only as a sponsor but my friend. I would love to call you my friend because I truly do feel like we're friends. Thank you. And to Blackstone and to. All the guys here that have made all this happen, I mean, it's just been like a once in a lifetime experience for do you, me. Do you,
0: uh, did you like all the guys here?
1: They are nerdy like me. So, yes, of course I like all of them.
0: Are <laughs> any of them more or less nerdy than others?
1: Um, you can answer
0: this however you want.
1: I mean, David is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. So would you say that David is the nerdiest or would you say he's the head nerd?
1: He's the head nerd. Oh, he's the head nerd. He's the head nerd. So if there sure. was
0: like a, a Voltron of nerds, David would be the, the head. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anyone that you feel is just like not a nerd at all? Like no, no nerdiness?
1: Um, no. <laughs> well, so
0: everyone's nerdy in their, own, in their own way.
1: Yeah, I think even you have a little bit of a nerdy side to you. I think nerd is,
0: is, uh, is, uh, is all a matter of perspective. Yeah. There's things that I think are really cool that I've noticed that some people here don't find cool at all. Um, actually, Jen and I were having this conversation over some of the things that we think are super, super cool that people are like, you guys are dorks. Yeah. But I'm like, the stuff that you guys are talking about is pretty dorky to me, so it's all a matter of perspective. Uh. Um, I'll tell you what I don't think is cool, though. What I don't think is cool is when guys and girls get those fake glasses because they want to look
1: nerdy Oh, yeah.
0: That drives me crazy.
1: That's not cute. Yeah, that you guys stop doing that.
0: Uh, unless you let everybody know, these are not prescription glasses. I just wanted to to have this look today, and I did it for the sake of fashion, which if that's what you want to go for, I think you should throw that out there and let people know.
1: Just let them know. Stop faking it. Yeah, the <laughs> fake nerd stuff. I'm a
0: nerd. Like, don't be, don't be a fake nerd. Just <laughs> own it. Um, well, I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed everybody so much. And, yes, there are a lot of nerds around here. Um, but you fit right in. Oh, yeah. So I that's mean, good.
1: <laughs> we're going to be talking about Star Wars and Mandalorian and all that all day, every day when I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Uh, what did I get myself into? So uh, you are leaving tomorrow Yeah. to go to Scottsdale and then you're going to win. And then we're going to take a break for a little bit and we'll plan out some shows for next year. The year is pretty much over anyway. Yeah. With the Olympia team. coming up. Excited about that. You have Guy Nino and Super Saiyan Sammy and uh, Flex Diesel all doing the Olympia. are excited to see those guys. And um, Kiara just got a pro card, excited about that. Christopher Luke is doing the Amateur Olympia. He just keeps on going. Um, I think that's everything I got to say. If you guys didn't see our wrestling events, please go to the Blacks and Lambs YouTube and check those things out. We put so much time into them. It's such a bummer that we got shadow banned and so many less people saw What we did because we really put a lot into them and I'm very proud of them. So I encourage you guys to go check them out. And if you're not following All American Barbie, make sure you follow her on Instagram. She's going to the top fast. And you will see a lot of her with us because we all love her a lot already. And if you don't have anything else to say, I am going to end this like I always do with a peace out.